0: Michael Severe on 1620 The Zone. Changed it all. It's still at 232. And now he's running the punt team back out there. What Goodness. is going on?
1: Wow. I actually believe this is the right thing to do. I'd punt the football.
0: All right, so... Crawford, the punter, back out there on fourth and less than a yard. Oliver Martin deep for Nebraska, having a look up into that sun.
1: Got to give this return a chance.
0: Snap, hammers the kick away. Oliver waves for the fair catch at the 11-yard line. So that's where Nebraska's going to have to go 89 yards without a timeout to try to tie this game up.
2: Welcome back. Severe reaction, 16-20, the zone, hour number two. I understand DB's point there about kicking the ball away because you're going to give Nebraska a long field. At the same time, and it worked out. It worked out. I got Mo Ibrahim back there. I got those two giant-ass tight ends. I got that big offensive line. I'm ending the game right there. I'm not giving Nebraska the chance to break one. I mean, obviously, you had the drop by Trey Palmer. He catches that. Nebraska's first and 10, I think like the 44 or somewhere in there. And maybe they go down there and get a score. I don't know. The prudent thing to do is probably punt. The way you end the game for sure is you hand the ball to Mo Ibrahim behind that offensive line and those tight ends, and you, you get the first down and the game's over. That's why I was surprised they didn't give him the ball. But you know what? They took the safer route by punting it away, and in the end it worked out for them. Let's go back to the phones. That's where Bill is this morning. Good morning, Bill. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, Gary? I'm good. Mike. I'm
2: good. I'm good. I'm uh, good. Hey,
1: I spoke with you a couple oh, months ago, whatever.
2: Okay.
1: And when this coaching search, you know, first came on, and I'm going to beat a dead horse, and I hope I'm not, but uh, this this Lance pull, I'll tell you what, to me, he is just so impressive. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't know, and I love Mickey, but. To me, it's, it's an experiment uh, with Mickey. He's never been an OC, I don't believe. He has not. And he's been a position coach, and he's a great, great coach. But we don't need any more experiments here. We need somebody that's proven with a good track record and can develop players like Leipold. Leipold and, uh, you know, he, he takes two and three star players and makes a winning team out of a winning program, successful program. I just... Uh, I guess that's all I have,
2: uh, Mike. Well, Listen, Bill, I'm with you, man. Um, I would love to see Lance Lightpole as the head coach here. And there's a chance that I don't, like, Lance and Mickey's careers have never crossed, but Lance obviously coached for a long time here in Nebraska, whether at UNO and was at UNL as well. Um, there is that tie. Lance's wife is from here. Might want to move back. Um, I, I I would love to see that. And you talk about a guy who bills. So you leave Wisconsin-Whitewater after six championships. You really don't have to leave. You could stay there. You got, it, you got it made. You go to Buffalo. You saw a guy go to Buffalo before and how hard the work was for Turner Gill. But he goes there to Buffalo, and he's in his fourth season. They go 10-4 and four and finish in first place in the MAC East. He finished in first place in the MAC East twice. He won two bowl games at Buffalo and then took a job in Kansas, the same thing that Turner Gill did, which I would never recommend taking that job. He took it, and in two years, as we mentioned, he's now bowl eligible. It's the first time in 14 years that Kansas is bowl eligible. Lance Leipold is a builder. He is a developer. He is a great guy. He would fit perfectly here in every. He's only 59. I've heard people talk about his age. He's only 59. You know, that's, that's not old anymore. Nick Saban may never retire. He's in his 70s. No longer is 59 old. He's experienced. He knows the area. He knows the recruiting in this state and around here. I think Lance Lightpool would be amazing. I don't know if he wants to leave Kansas after only two years. That's the thing. You commit to the players you recruit, and then you turn around and you go, I'm sorry. I got to go. I don't know if he's that kind of guy, that he would do that. But I would love to see him here as head coach. I, if I could just pick one out of all the names mentioned that I think has the best chance of having long-term success at Nebraska, not just immediate, but long-term, I think you'd be Lance Lightpole. Immediate there's a lot of guys that think could have immediate success. I think Lance Lightpole could have long-term success here. Go back to the phones where Eric is. Good morning, Eric. How are you?
3: Oh, good morning, sir. It's a couple things. Yeah. I'm. I'm thinking back to earlier in the season when they were using – Uh, they were using Grant a lot more. Yeah. And they said, well, we need to protect him. We don't want to wear him out, something along that line. I don't remember exactly how they said it.
2: Yeah, they said he was getting worn down. They even gave him some practice off, yeah.
3: But none of these other teams, I don't hear Minnesota or or Illinois or Michigan saying, we don't want to wear down our running backs. Right. The, The mentality is totally different. So on one hand, Coach Joseph says, he understands what you need to do in the Big Ten and about running and running clock and all that. But then on the other hand, he says he doesn't want to wear down his running back when he has a guy that I feel like could run that way. Yeah, It just seems like there is these opposing ideas within, and it's because of probably what they got handed to him. Like, you know, I can't blame him for every other circumstance. But I'm just not sure that, they really understand how to put all these pieces together, and that's why, like the previous guy said, when it comes to coaching, they got to get somebody, and like what you said about having an ideology or a gospel, yeah. I'm not sure they these guys all know exactly what to do with what they have right now. So, And then with what happened with the quarterbacks, I mean, he doesn't seem like he can stand up to Whipple and really tell him what he wants to do, because I saw Fleck yesterday, you know, when he punted, you know, maybe yeah, he probably could have run Ibrahim and got a first down, but I feel like he was saying, Listen, I'm not gonna be told. Right. I'm the guy running this show. I'm not gonna have the running back come over here and tell me we're gonna run it on fourth and one or have somebody else. It's like this is my team, right, my decision. And I just don't see that with Mickey having that kind of fortitude.
2: It's he's never been in this position before at this level. Um, and so that's why you you want somebody, in my opinion, that has something to fall back on—a history—and he doesn't have that history. It makes it difficult. I think they're in a tough spot right now with that, with between he, Whipple, and Bush. I think it's tough.
3: Well, you know? yeah, but it just seems like with Whipple, though. I mean, I think Mickey really would rather run the ball. Sure. I feel like that's more of his thing. Sure. So he needs to go to him and tell him that. But the thing with Whipple is, he seems like he almost has like an animosity towards like what like with Smothers, not him. Others personally, but what Logan like represents that they have to do offensively to have him on the field, and he'd rather just go down with the ship with whoever his guy is than than do what it takes with the with the tools he has to have a better chance to win.
2: I don't think Logan practices well, and there's those coaches, Eric, and if you're, I'm sure you played some sports at some level. There's certain coaches that like if you don't practice well, you don't play. But they're gamers out there, and and Logan's a gamer, oh. man. He just makes oh, you're, things you're happen. Right. Yeah, he's a gamer.
3: You're right. There are guys that are gamers. Yeah. And he and and the other thing too is we saw him. He wasn't great against Iowa, but they were winning, and he was competent. He has a track record. And if if Purdy, if you have a, any athlete that is pretty much I just call like stage fright, like he performs in practice, but he gets on the big stage and he, he just seems like he freezes up. Yeah. I how do you put him out there? I don't know. I I don't understand that. It's like, okay, you're admitting that he gets nervous going out on the field. That's almost – you can't do that. You can't put him out there then.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) The only thing I can think of is maybe like – and, Eric, we appreciate the call. All I can think of it is like your parent philosophy, you know, where you know your kid has a shortcoming in something, so you make them do it because the only way they'll get better is to do it. That's the only thing I can think. But at this level, you can't go that way. You mentioned Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant, in back-to-back weeks, had over 20 touches against Indiana and Rutgers. He had 33 touches against Rutgers. He had 25 against Rutgers. Since then, he had 13 touches and 15 touches. And then yesterday, 22. Yeah, they, they said after, I think it was after Rutgers, when they talked about how he looked worn down and they needed to give him some breaks and practice in the game. Um, but, yeah, you got to ride him. You know, uh, Abraham yesterday came in with a bad ankle, and you could see it in practice or before the game, limping around on it, completely spat it up. And you know what they did? They still ran him 32 times, man, because that's their workhorse. They have, they, have, they have two other good running backs, and they gave them three carries total. Think about that. And their quarterbacks had, a, you know, a handful. So and let's go back to Bob before we take a break. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Good, Bob. Just
0: uh Real quick, I just want to touch base on you. You mentioned uh, Lance Lightbolt for a potential coach. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not real bright. I've only been watching college football for about 50 years. <laughs> um, I, I've been watching the Big Ten. I had the pleasure of growing up in Ohio, so I was a huge Buckeyes fan. Uh, and through a split family, I always had one eye on Nebraska. So uh, the benefit I had is I've, I've had a long history of watching Big Ten football. Yeah, and, and People argue with me, but I'm going to flat out tell you that Big Ten football is a different brand of football. And if you don't understand Big Ten football, you're never going to be successful. Uh, uh, These coaches, they're great. You're you're naming off high-quality, high-character individuals, but they have no clue about the Big Ten football. Big Ten football is smash-mouth every week, every Saturday, uh, week in, week out. These teams beat each other to a pulp. So when we get to the bowl games and we get to the playoffs, these guys are battle tested. I'm telling you, even the lower end teams, the the years ago when Illinois wasn't as strong as they are now and maybe Northwestern wasn't as strong as they are now, those teams came to play and you were in a dogfight. And and coaches from the Big 12 coaches from the Pac-12 they don't understand that type of football. They want to spread spread the offense out and play what my friends and I joke about it the 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 video game type football. I mean that's nice, that's great. But the most success you see in the SEC is more of a big Big Ten style football. Look at Georgia, look at Alabama. Look how they play. It's it's a power game. You have to have the horses up front and you have to understand to win in the big 10 you have to be extremely physical and that's just the bottom line and and these coaches are nice uh Dave Aranda down at Baylor Lance Leipold I'm not sure now Dave Aranda was uh,
2: defensive coordinator at Wisconsin I think Dave Aranda knows the big 10 pretty well
0: well he he would be one to look at uh Bill O'Brien has familiarity Penn State Penn State yeah you know these are some of the names that I would like to see pop up. And hey, if, if Mickey's the guy, then Mickey's the guy. He's getting a, he's getting a quick dose of the Big Ten right now. Right. So, yeah. uh, all I'm saying is when we when we're looking for the next leader, whether it's Mickey or, or whomever, I I think they have to have knowledge and ties to some degree to the Big Ten because otherwise we're just. I, I, we're going to be in a in a complete rebuild mode for, for another 7, 10 years until somebody can figure it out. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, appreciate your comments.
2: bye. I completely agree with having a Big Ten tie, if you can make that happen. That's one of my number one prerequisites when it comes to who they're going to hire. But it's kind of mixed. Even Alabama went from being smash mouth to being spread when they weren't winning some of the big games that they wanted to, Right. As much as we talk about how physical, and Georgia is incredibly physical, they last year led college football. I believe this is correct. I may be off by a little bit. But led college football in yards per um, per play average, um, EPA, which is an efficiency thing. They had a dynamic, spread it out, throw it around, running game. I mean, excuse me, throw game. They did. Um, and that's what you're seeing things develop into you do have to have more spread it out Ohio State can be physical obviously, but they're also a team that has had quarterbacks that can spread it out yeah quarterbacks through 50 touchdown passes so you have to have a little bit of both but yes you have to be physical to win in a big ten whether it's basketball or football you have to have a certain physicality you do, you definitely do and you got to win at the offensive line and you got to win at the point of attack we that's completely true but there is more of a If you look at Lance Leipold at Kansas, they average over 200 yards a game rushing using the quarterback and using their running backs. That's what you want, I think. You want a guy who is 60-40 or 58-42, run the pass, and a guy who can use his quarterback to be able to get yards. That's what you need, I think, here. And then you got to build the offensive and defensive lines, and Lance Leipold knows how to do that. He does not have Big Ten experience. Correct. We'll take a break. We'll come back. One more break before we get to Stephen M. Sipple after 9.30 here on Severe Reaction on 1620 The Zone.